Okay, so we found out yesterday that after about roughly a month and a half, some 40 days, Tom Brady has decided to unretire. His fans, they're ecstatic. But some are wondering, huh? What? Why? What changed? Dr. Manit Batchia is a clinical psychologist and joins us now for more on this. Dr. Batchia, good afternoon. Good to be on with you, Jeff. Well, good to have you here, and thank you for taking the time, because I think there really is something, if we dig just a little deeper here, we can all learn from from Tom Brady and his statement to a doctor yesterday in which he said, these past two months I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. And when you go through this uh, comment and you look at what Tom Brady had to say, Dr. Batcha, I think what he's really talking about here is not wanting to live with regret. What did you read in that? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was kind of a, I was I had to do a double take first. I'm like, what's going on here? Is this Michael Jordan? You know, Michael Jordan with the facts and uh, Tom Brady with the with the Twitter, right? So right. It was kind of a, so, um, you know, it was when I read the comments, it was interesting because he's talking a lot about different pulls in his life, right? Um, and the importance of trying to understand where my responsibilities lie. And in his case, you know, a father, a husband, an individual, an athlete. So you could tell that there was different things that were pulling at him uh, prior to making his uh, comeback uh, and might have what contributed to his retirement. And I think the important, there's two important things that come to mind for me. One is he took the time to get away for a bit, you know, to take pause, to reflect, to gather himself, to process. And I think a lot of times we don't do that in life. Um, and he also had the courage to say, you know what, maybe this is not what I actually want. I want to come back. And he was able to do that. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Jeff, when you talk about the what ifs, you know, and I think he, you know, his, his ability, his high competitive level, his success, you know, what also probably drives him is his ability to not live with regrets and his ability to take the bull by the horns and, and go out and get what he wants. Um, but in a way that honors his authentic and genuine pursuits. And I think that's so difficult for people. A lot of times we have, you know, our own anxieties, our fears, you know, a lot of, you know, what ifs, uh, negativity, uh, I'm too old, what's the point, I shouldn't do this, what about this, what about that? And I think for people like Tom Brady who are built that way, they lean into that versus maybe becoming, you know, paralyzed by that anxiety. They can lean into it and say, no, this is a new challenge for me. I want to push myself further. Yeah, I just find this mindset so fascinating. And it's funny, Dr. Batcher, some of the comments I've read over the last 24 hours or so since this announcement was made by Brady was like, what are you doing? You might tarnish your legacy here. Go out uh, while you're on top, seven-time Super Bowl champion. You're the GOAT, the greatest of all time. But a lot of that is really, it's ego. And I love the way that Brady's able to put that aside and say to himself, well, that's okay. Uh, I'm willing to give this a shot because I still, I know what I need and what's inside me and that competitive fire is still uh, burning. So ego aside, I need to do this so I can live the rest of my days and the rest of my life without a what if or any regret. Absolutely. I think you, you know, I'm paraphrasing uh, Wayne Gretzky, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Right. And you have to put yourself out there. And I think it's it's uh, so important that he's saying, you know, that's your perception of what you think my legacy is. That's your projection, said fan or media or whoever else, what you think I will make me happy. But for him, I think given all of those reasons that it is unfinished business for him, that it could tarnish his legacy or it's a challenge. I think those things actually drive him. I think, you know, people like him who had that mindset 
they're driven by the, the climbing the mountaintop. But, but even deeper than that, to your point, for everybody out there, like it's the idea of saying, I'm going to live life on my terms and I'm going to take the steps and drive that path that is right for me. And that's so difficult in life. We are always occupied by shoulds and woulds and coulds and pressures from external variables. But, you know, we don't speak to our internal self. And I think he's demonstrating that, that, you know, I'm going to do what feels good. And I don't get a second chance at this. You know, this is father time at some point. I don't know when this guy will retire, but uh, but the point is, you know, he's not taking it for granted and he's grabbing it now while he can. So is that what we can all take from this? And whether it's Tom Brady's statement yesterday that we're kind of dissecting and looking at Dr. Batcha in depth here or any elite athlete. You mentioned Jordan uh, thinking about Tiger Woods as well, who's in the midst of uh, maybe another, believe it or not, great uh, comeback from that horrific car accident from a year ago. Just the mindsets of these uh, elite athletes. What can we all personally just take away from that? Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, with them, there's such an amazing subsect where they, they look for a challenge in everything. You know, Michael Jordan was known as this hyper-competitive person at, like, Monopoly, right? Like, anything, Matt, he would find yes. a reason to, to fight or compete with you in something. But if we, you know, ex- so, you know, extract from that for everyday living, you know, putting aside athletics and all that and high-achieving or high-performance, it's really trying to block out the noise of what the world demands of us um, you know, he's less concerned, for example, about his legacy or what people who are not in his life think. But what he did was he reflected with the people that do matter to him, to the things that matter, family, children, etc. And then once he understood that there was support there and this was still uh, burning inside of him, he took the step to go out and, and, and try to pursue it. So tuning into what matters for you, tuning into what your priorities are, what in this life you want to pursue while taking into consideration, you know, the, the genuine constraints or the realities and the, and the responsibilities we have, but not being afraid to say, this is my life and this is my book. And I have a right, I have the right to write the chapters in my life. And I think that's what he's talking about. We can all take that. There's no guarantees living in this world the last few years, especially, you know, if you find something you like or you want to achieve or go after, you know, to have the courage to do that and to show up for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, he did, and I know you mentioned this as well about his uh, family, but he did reference them in the statement as well. I think this is really crucial as well because we all need uh, support. He said that the time will come for his retirement, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family, which I thought was really insightful as well. It was insightful. And I think there's something there as well that would be important is, you know, if he didn't listen to his um, his inner kind of calling because he wanted to be there for his family and it was really eating at him. It also speaks to another thing we find often is if we're in a space where we don't necessarily want to be and we do it at a service for others, we may not be able to serve them as well if we're not fully there. Right. So I think that, you know, he gets to do this, be with his football family, you know, live out this particular chapter in his life. And that way it'll bring with him more gratitude, more completeness, more fulfillment um, for anybody in that, in that, perspective to be in other parts of their life where they can say, yeah, I accomplished this. I'm at peace with this. Now I can fully dive into something else. So I think that's also very important as well. Without a doubt. Some great insight, a great conversation as always, and much gratitude to you, Dr. Batcha, for your time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Great to be on with you, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Take care. Dr. Manit Batcha is a clinical psychologist. And that does it for our time here on this Monday. Thanks as always for yours. 
I'm Jeff MacArthur. Have a great rest of the afternoon. I'll meet you tomorrow morning on TV at 9 o'clock on the morning show on Global Television. And see you right back here tomorrow afternoon at 1 on the radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.